Welcome to Together by AGCI. I'm Marissa Butterworth. Father's Day is just around the corner, and I thought that it would be fun to bring on a very special guest, my husband, Jesse. He's not here to talk about what an amazing father he is, although I really do think that he is, but instead uh, just share about his journey, the good, the hard, and share what he's learned over the years. I hope you laugh a little bit and share this with the dads in your life. Well, hi, Jesse. It's me, your wife. Hi. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. (laughs) You're welcome. You told me I had to. I did. I threatened you and I put it on the calendar. (laughs) So I thought we could do this just spontaneously, but it didn't work that way. So we had to schedule it. But um, this whole episode is kind of in honor of Father's Day and... Um, I personally, without all jokes aside, I think you're one of the best dads that I have ever seen in action. And I've seen you doing it for 18 and a half years now. So, um, I thought who better to ask to talk about being a dad than you. Uh, You read that just like I wrote it. So thank you. (laughs) Great job. I didn't even write that down. I didn't even read that. Um, so, um, I just want to start <laughs> by having you tell us about our children. Let's tell everyone. <laughs> uh, well, we have three kids. Um, Liam is our oldest. He's 18. He is about to graduate from high school and head off to Washington state university in a couple months. And, uh, I'm not okay with it. And it's, like, uh, it's, it's three months. I think we still have three months because I am oh, counting months. now. Oh, yeah, no, it's August. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Don't We're scare me. Uh, and then um, Finn is our middle son, and he's uh, 15. He's about to get his driver's license here in like a month, which is crazy. Uh, and then our youngest, Harper, is 10, almost 11. And um, we are always forever grateful to AGCI for helping us bring her home. From Ethiopia 10 years, 10 and a half years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that, for running through that. <laughs> I You're welcome, Marissa. <laughs> um, so I would love for you to share what, um, what kind of fatherly example you had. I mean, this can be talking about your dad. This can be talking about other, like, friends' dads, your grandpa. What did, what did that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think for, uh, well, speaking for myself, I know this has been true for a lot of my friends. I know this isn't for everybody. But I think, you know, my dad was really my first hero. And growing up and just seeing, I don't know, who he um you know, who he was when I was a kid and just, um, you know, back in the eighties, this was very much still like, you know, I'd see him in the morning and then he would take his briefcase, you know, and go off to work for the day and come back at dinner. And, um, we'd all sit around the table. And for some reason, I remember this, this, like we would ask him what the far side comic was that day in the newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he would tell us, like, that tells you how, how old I am. Um, Dates you a bit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Papa, tell us about the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> but 
that's good. That's legit. I mean, the far side yeah. was funny. That was Just funny. ancient. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, the thing that is always great about um, about growing up, I think, if you really are doing it right, is you uh, you take all the lessons that you know w- were learned from previous generations and you try to avoid it or learn from it or get better from it. And so I think that's something that, um, you know, I saw my dad do with, you know, his dad who was, he was just a quiet kind of guy who just really didn't have much of a voice in his house. And, you know, um, I mean, I know he loved my dad, but he was sort of of that generation that you, you didn't really say it much. And, you know, it was very blue collar and, grew up in a really tough area and, um, you know, and he gave my dad better than he had and my dad gave us better than he had. And so I think we just keep trying to grow, uh, and learn from those mistakes. And so that's, yeah, I think that's kind of what I've, I've seen over the years as a dad through my dad. I would say too, for you, um, having been married to you for quite some time, a long time now, um, I would say that you actively also try to um, break some patterns. You know, I think it's a simple way, the way you, a very simple and kind way that you just approached it, which is great. But I think we all have like familiar, familial patterns that were, that it's important for us to try to break so that we don't pass them to our kids. And I think you're really good about actively working on yourself to try to do that. So that's something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, yeah, that was, you know, kind of the point I was trying to make is exactly that, that there's, there's things that we can learn from, there's things that we can grow from, and there's things that we're not going to take forward, you know, and um, I think it's really helpful to, I mean, I'm a huge fan of counseling. I've never been shy about saying that. I think that there's still, for some reason, a stigma with men and counseling. And I think especially within the church, there's a stigma with men and counseling. And uh, I'm just here to tell you that that's silly and dumb. And you should, you know, that it's not, there's an antiquated, you know, it's not even, like, it's not even biblical. Like, I mean, like, how many times does it say in the Bible to, that good counsel is a good thing? So, um I just I, I just found that as you go through as I've been going through counseling that it just brings you more perspective and I think that when I first started counseling it's easy just to try to assign blame for a lot of the things that you know uh, I've been dealing with or maybe I was angry about or hurt or whatever and then I think the further on you get into your journey um, the more you sort of realize you gain more perspective on sort of where, you know, where uh, people are at on their journey and how you intersected with them. And now me being middle-aged and having, you know, older kids and just recognizing it's just not, it's just not as simple as sometimes I think we wish or hoped it would be. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) That's, yeah, that's it. So, I mean, I'm kind of curious about this. Um, 
Like, what kind of dad did you imagine yourself being um, maybe when I was pregnant with our first? <laughs> okay, so I definitely thought I was going to be the get down on the ground and, like, go outside <laughs> and play and, like, just be the, like, the dad that was, like, always in those moments with the kids. <laughs> And that was a hundred percent. Turns out, yeah, nope, that's not the dad you were. That's no. funny that that's what you thought you would be. Yeah, totally. And I think that's sort of like a, a bit of like a cliche of like when you see dads, you know, on TV shows or commercials or whatever, it's like, let's go build Legos. And it's not that I didn't do those things. I definitely did those things with the kids, but I was like way more, I mean, some of the greatest joys in my life is just sitting and talking with the kids and hanging out, you know, like, so I'm really not the like, let's go and do more things. You know, it's, it's definitely like, let's hang out and talk. And I just like to, I don't know. I just think our kids are great and like to understand more about what they enjoy and how they think and what makes them tick. Yep. I, I think when we, when, I was pregnant. We just really, I don't know. It's like when you get married too, we just, I kind of only thought about like what it'd be like to have a baby. And then I definitely didn't imagine what it would be like to have an 18 year old, you know, like I didn't think that far ahead. It was just like survival at that point. But yeah, you definitely didn't end up being that dad, but lots of other good things. <laughs> lots of and other really, good things. You really pounced on that right away. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's the first I have heard that that's what you thought you would be. So that's good. Um, so now that we've talked about what surprised me most, what surprised you most about parenting? Huh. Um, Surprised me most about parenting uh, would be um, how the things that would trigger me that my kids would do. Oh, um, yeah. I didn't think that that was, I don't know. I thought it would be way more like large and in charge, in control, like just, and when you see, I mean, particularly, I mean, we, we always joke about this, but like my son, our son, Finn is like really a lot like me and no one triggers me more than he does. <laughs> and as far as kids go, and it's because some of the stuff that he does is just like what I did at, at that stage. And I, um, I don't know. And it just like pushes all these buttons and I'm like trying to regulate and, you know, like just, try to figure out what's the best response and just also remembering back to when I was that age, like what would have been a response that would have been actually like helpful to me. And usually the answer is none. Like if I decided to have done it at that age, I'm just going to do it. So, so I don't know. Yeah, that was, that was probably one of the biggest surprises. And also I think on a personal level, it was also surprising to me how much I, um, how how much it hurt my feelings to be disrespected uh mm. you know as far as like if they didn't listen to me i immediately took it personally and would be like how dare you disrespect me you know and that this became all about me and my authority in the house and you know like just sort of the um the stereotypical i think 
masculine cliche of, you know, and then just realizing like, well, maybe this isn't all about you and your, your own authority and, you know, that they're not disrespecting you as a personal attack, you know? For sure. I mean, I think that's um, always one of the hardest things for me, you know, like, uh, Especially listening, the best part, if you're not watching, the best part is I know my wife's faces and I can see she's got her face on, which is I'm holding back so many things that I'm thinking right now. And (laughs) it's not for everyone to hear what I think right now. (laughs) It's all right. No, but I think that's I appreciate that that's vulnerable of you. And I appreciate that you would share that Um, because I don't know. I, I think this podcast doesn't try to be this. I don't I think we're intentional about it. But, you know, sometimes you get on and hear somebody talk about their parenting and how great they are and that they have it all figured out. And I think just in admitting that it, it kind of is a vulnerable moment where hopefully everybody can be okay with the things they're not maybe okay with. (laughs) I don't know. Well, and would you say that that's your biggest challenge parenting or would there be something else that you think has been, you know, a thread line through parenting or has it changed year by year depending on their or stage by stage? Yeah, I I mean, <clears throat> different stages for sure. I would say one of the things that I that has been one of the biggest challenges that I've really, you know, tried to embrace. I mean, I think this is probably about eight years ago. So when Liam was about ten, is where I think I really started thinking more about this. Is that I don't remember before that ever actually just truly apologizing to the kids. Like I felt like there was, it was like I needed, you know, we would correct them in something they were doing. And then, and they were young enough at that point that it was more just sort of like, this isn't safe for you. Don't do that. Do this instead, you know? But I I think up until that point, I really just thought of it more as in like that type of um, role. And that later on, especially around 10, that's where I just felt like I was getting particularly clumsy and being a dad and trying to understand how to parent, you know, a preteen and, um, and I just, it was all new and I just messed up a lot. And I just found that, um, that even for, you know, Liam at the time, even only being 10, like I, when I could come to him and just say, you know, I didn't, that didn't go the way that I wanted it to. And I'm, I really, I messed that up. I think I made it worse than better. And, you know, I'm, I just hope, you know, I'm always trying to do this right, but I don't, always do it right. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry that I made you feel that way and that what I did, you know, hurt you and would you forgive me? And, you know, I, I just found that with all the kids, like when I do that, there's never, you know, they've never responded with, well, geez, dad, we always expected, you know, perfection from you. It's just sort of like, that's okay. You know? Yeah. I I forgive you. We'll figure it out. Well, I think that's, um, it's funny that you say that and also in how you like what you talked about at the beginning of like course correcting a little bit from our parents and what they did from their parents. And I think that that's a course correction we've realized as parents um, that we didn't get was 
a, an apology from our parents. That wasn't a thing. I don't know if that's generational, if that happened to be our parents, but it, it at least wasn't a regular thing. I don't remember ever being apologized to by mine. And so that was something that I think was important to both of us to do, you know, with our kids and especially poor Liam, our first, like, I can't tell you how many times in the last, like, especially this last couple years that I've said, like, heads up, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> like, we we don't know. This is uncharted territory for us to, to parent you. And yeah, it's, it's, um, so it does come with lots of apologies, I think, which I, I, my next question is, what do you think you do pretty well? I would vote that you do that really well. Um, what else do you think you do pretty well? <laughs> um, I mean, I do think that I'm pretty fun. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't a very confident one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like, I don't know. I try to do fun stuff with the kids and, you know, if it's just something as little as like, yeah, we'll just go sneak through Wendy's and get a Frosty real quick. Or if it's like, hey, I'm going to take you to a baseball game or, you know, getting to do kind of bigger, more fun stuff like, you know, taking Finn to the World Series a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's something I don't know. I just think back on when I was younger, like those are a lot of the memories I took with me. Some of those, you know, some of the smaller pieces of just like the the really everyday type stuff where my folks were just present in some moment, you know, but also the more sort of momentous, you know, occasions of going to Washington, D.C. and, you know, seeing Monticello and um, cello, Monticello, Monticello. What are we, I'm going to go with cello like the instrument, Monticello. Our Northeastern yeah, friend right. can tell us if that's right. Someone will correct us if we're, uh -huh. <laughs> if we're wrong. <laughs> or if anyone listens. I don't know. Maybe no one will listen. No one will care. No, no. We're just having a conversation. We're just states and cities and, and yes. landmarks. And um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think the other thing, too, is I, just trying to be vulnerable um, with the kids and just say things like, I mean, we were just talking about that this was it yesterday we were talking about it, but just like the phrase of saying that really hurt my feelings, um, which is such a hard phrase uh, for, I think a lot of men, including myself to say, because it feels so, it feels weak, I think to say, but really I don't know why we feel like that's weak because I can't think of something more, uh, you know, uh, strong than to be able to say how you feel. And, um, and so I think to, to be able to, um, to recognize when something hurts your feelings and to be able to go back to your kids and say, Hey, when you did that, that really hurt my feelings because, you know, and uh, hearing that, and hopefully they see us as like, just, you know, humans that have emotions and feelings and that we're not just these, you know, armored up parent cops that, you know, come in and bring the authority and the rules and lay down the law and then walk away. I mean, that's basically my role. So. <laughs> yeah. You are robo mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. What's your, um, funniest, this can go all the way back. Funniest 
dadding. I know that's not a word. Dad story, dadding story. What's the funniest thing you've ever oh, done? Oh gosh, there's so many, but the first one that popped into my head right when you said that is when Finn was little. I mean, what was he like? Five, maybe at this point. I don't and know. Was it? Is it the story? I think that, at soccer. Yeah. So no, he, he was like he was three. About, oh, three. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at that age, he decided that the world was his bathroom, that there was no <laughs> reason to go into an actual restroom. You could just do it anywhere and everywhere. And so he just started doing that. It was that right after really- potty training. Yeah. It was like diapers off, but yep. it's not going to stop me from. Yeah. So he like peed in the, in the kitchen uh, garbage. garbage. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, there's one. Poop in the backyard. <laughs> like one time, my brother was over and he stepped in it and he came in. He was like, "Oh man, I stepped in dog poop." Wait a minute, you guys don't have a dog. <laughs> you don't have a dog. <laughs> well, like, no, no, that was really embarrassing. We're like, like oh, definitely. Man. <laughs> man, he wasn't ashamed of it. He wasn't even like. There was no side of it. He's like, "Yeah, what?" I pooped yeah, in the backyard. Like I had to go. What are you going to do? <laughs> Which you can't be mad at that. I mean, it's just like. I mean, so, I could. I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were at Liam's. Well, actually, you know, you always remember the details better than I do. Was it his game? No, they both had soccer games that morning. So Finn had already played. Okay, Liam and then was Liam was on then. the field. Yes, Liam was on the field. Finn was standing on the sidelines with us. And on the sidelines, full of parents, he just drops trowel right there. <laughs> and just like, and I'm like, no, 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 no. So I pick him up from behind and I just start running. There was like a porta potty a, wa- a ways a away, a hundred yeah. yards away. Infants and I'm like running. And then he <laughs> just starts. Well, no, from behind, I was chasing behind you and it was just like poop <laughs> dropping. From his little buns onto into the grass as we kept running. And by the time you made it to the bathroom, he was done. Oh, he was done. He was done. And I just remember I had to waddle because I was trying to run but keep my legs far apart so I didn't step on his poop. <laughs> so everyone tuning in now, yes, we did just talk about yeah. poop. But there it is. Listen, That's the funniest. Just drop drastically. Yes, well, that's that's a good one. I I wasn't thinking of that one, so that's good. Um, so I mean, who's the tougher parent, you or me? I'm going back to that. Like, who's the robo parent? I think we I think we're both pretty good about switching off. That there's never one that's always the you know the tough one enforcer. Yeah, I think we do a pretty good job of, you know, even... That's good. I was going to say, I think we both have our weaknesses and that there's stuff that we think is funny (laughs) that the other one doesn't think is funny. So the one will be laughing while the other one's trying to, like, parent it. And so we maybe switch off on that. That's true. But we do switch off. I wouldn't say one of us is has to be the like bad guy all the time. Or- well, and I think too, we, we kind of have awareness of it because I remember like, especially through sort of the early teen years that there would be times that we would kind of call out to each other like, Hey, 
here's something that's fun. You know, I'm, why don't you tell him and take yeah. him, you know, yeah, because think, you yeah, need a win here. You, know? <laughs> you need a win is a big one for both yeah. of us. <laughs> um, so here's a good one. Now that uh, we've lived through raising babies and toddlers, what advice would you have given yourself as a young dad? Yeah, I think the advice I would give myself as a young dad is just keep hugging and kissing your kids, even when they're older. You know, I just remember like trying to respect, like, and it was never asked and it was never even something that they communicated. But I just thought, well, when the boys got older, they wouldn't, you know, I mean, there was a natural time that I wouldn't, you know, kiss them goodbye going to school. They kind of pulled away and it was like, oh, I get it, you know, but I kind of stopped doing that. And then, you know, you had really encouraged me to keep, keep being, you know, showing them physical affection. And so, so I still do, even with my 18 year old, who's, you know, taller than me and twice as strong as I am. And just, you know, it's funny that I'll go up and I just give him a big hug and just to feel the full weight of him kind of rest into me, you know, it's like, um, it's really sweet. It is. It's the best ever. It's a fun thing of having older kids still hug you. So obviously, um, you said at the beginning, our daughter is Ethiopian. We adopted her um, back in 2012 as a baby. And I know for me, I learned a ton um, about myself, about parenting, about God's love, so many things when we brought her home. What would you say um, you learned? What's the best thing that you learned from adoption? Um, I mean, there's too many to count, but I would say one of the top things is just how powerful love is that I remember having this feeling when we were pregnant with Finn, which was, will I love um, I was afraid that I wouldn't love Finn as much as I loved Liam because I didn't know, you know, that's all I knew was just having Liam and just, and then people kept saying like, Oh, your heart will grow, you know? And I felt like that absolutely happened. And then when we brought Harper home, uh, I, again, I think I had some fear of like, will I love her, you know, um, can I love her as much as the boys and not thinking because she was adopted just as in bringing another kid in. And then just that feeling of like, Oh my gosh, just who knew that there were so many rooms in my heart, you know, Mm -hmm. and that these doors just kept getting thrown open more and more and more and more and how big these rooms were. And to see the, you know, all of the kids together and, I've never one time ever thought of Harper as anything but our daughter Um, and just that depth of love that I have for her is, uh, is incredible. So I think just the learning about how deep, you know, the heart can love. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'll mention that I know this doesn't happen for everyone. Everyone's story is different that adopts, um, but when we met her, I think, I mean, I know she attached to you before she attached to me. And I got to witness you, like, I, I mean, from the moment you first saw her, it makes me all choked up, both of us. 
It's the same as when you hold your baby for the first time that you've just given birth to. When we held her for the first time, it was like, oh, there you are. I've been wondering who you were, what you'd look like, what all these things, what your personality is. And it's just like, there you are. And your heart just explodes right then and there. Yeah. So as I'm getting all choked up, I wish this wasn't the next question because, um, we cry (laughs) about this a lot. We, um, our son is graduating this year, our firstborn. Gosh, dang it. Um, so what has been, the best part of getting him to this stage though, like we won't go into the heavy stuff of why we're total disasters, you know, but what's been the best part of getting him here? Not that we're done parenting, but. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say was I think the best part of getting him here is the realization that we're not done is that, you know, we've, I think we've done as much as we can to the best of our ability which has been better some days than others, you know, of getting him to be just a good person and to be able to take skills with him elsewhere. And whether it's down to seeing him be really kind to other people or really patient, you know, with the kids who just, you know, when he gets here and all the kids are in the cul-de-sac and they (laughs) just, you know, pummel him and he's just so sweet with them and, or even down to hearing him, you know, blast Frank Sinatra music in the other room, you know, that like, you know, Frank, I love Frank Sinatra. So hearing him, you know, share that love, like just, I don't know, those, those little moments, I just see like, oh, you know, man, you know, he's a, he's a good kid. And also recognizing like, this isn't just it. It isn't like, okay, well, we've done our part now good luck, you know, that it's like, okay, now we enter into a new stage of parenting where, you know, hopefully he'll come and ask us advice or hopefully he'll come and share what's going on in his life, even though we're not physically there for, you know, a lot of what's going on since he's going off to school in another place. Yeah. It's interesting too, because we both like our stories were both more like once we went, like we both really wanted to go to college. It was like, okay, let's get out of here. We're going to go to college. This is it. We're making that transition. And like, it's interesting. I think for me, I've struggled with him leaving because I'm like, this is it. He's just leaving. And then also realizing like, oh, he doesn't have that same experience that we had where it's like, we had some trauma stuff going on with family and we both just wanted out and he's not there. Like he wants to go to college, but he's not escaping from something. He's, he's not saying I don't want to go home again, which I think for us, it's like that realization of that. It's not over yet that we do. That looks different, but we have some, some more time, hopefully, you know, where he, he'll come home and let us, have a little bit of that, just a taste of it. Yep. <laughs> like yep. what it what it was. Um, so how how has all that you've learned about God's love over the years um, personally informed how your parenting style or methods have like grown and shifted over the years? I would say one of the primary things is that I have felt for my whole life that I am 
I am unworthy and I'm just lucky that God loves me and would call me his child. And I think that a lot of that messaging was really drilled into us at church. And I think that there is a truth there for sure that, that a, a holy God sovereign over everything would choose to love us and know us so deeply and personally. That is incredibly, you know, like what that is. Wow. We are lucky. Like in the same way, you know, that I would say, I'm so lucky that you love me, you know, like you, you could have had anybody that you wanted to, you know, and yet you chose me. Like, I, I think, wow, I'm so, I'm so lucky. And like, I don't, some days I just don't feel worthy that, you know, but man, I'm so grateful. So I think there is a piece of that there. I think where it, where it tends for me to get into the negative, and I've had so many conversations with other people that have felt like this, is that you're just constantly in this loop of like, you're just, hey, you're just lucky that God loves you. You're so unworthy. Like you are such a sinner. Aren't you so lucky that God would even let you in the door? And I think, you know, if we look at, particularly if we look at Jesus' teachings, and I just think of like the, the parable of the prodigal son, like, um, I get all choked up when I talk about this, when the prodigal son returns, that the father doesn't go out and say, or first of all, you know, he, 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 he goes out. He doesn't just stay in. He doesn't keep the doors closed. And he does, you know, and then when he does go out, he doesn't go out and say, you should have listened to me. You, I, you have totally blown this, you know, like, wow, what, you know, you owe me an apology right here and right now. And just the idea that he celebrates him home. Yeah. And I think that especially being a dad and having kids, I just remember from the very first second I saw every single one of my kids, the last, like the thought that never has once crossed my mind with any of my kids is you're lucky to have my love. Yeah. Right? Like I just, with all of my kids, I just think I love you so much and I would do anything for you and I want you to know you know, I want you to be good people and I want you to receive love well and I want you to give love well and I want you to make this world a better place by being well, the most the opposite. It's the like we feel so lucky to be their parents. Like we yeah. got that a lot right when we got brought Harper home. Like, oh, she's so lucky. She's so lucky to have you. I'm like, oh, luck is not involved in this. Like she just went through Helen back. And didn't get to pick us. <laughs> like, like we're lucky to have her. We're lucky that we were so fortunate, you know, to have our kids and and love our kids. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it just. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I, I do think that that has been such a huge learning for me that I'm still learning. I still feel like there's. You know, shame is a shame is a powerful motivator. And unfortunately, it's it's prevalent in our churches because it's a great way to keep 
people in line, <laughs> you know, it's just to shame them into, into this or that or whatever. But it's like, that's, it's a short term motivator because at some point you're just going to end up being sick of feeling awful. And what's an even more powerful long-term motivator is, is love. That's what wins every time. And even in the times where love means that you watch your child walk away and make a bad choice, you know, like that love means celebrating them home. Love means, you know. Being there in the midst of it, of the heart. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and just not opening, throwing open your, your arms, you know, and just. Yeah. Like, I think that we, I think that as parents, we miss a lot that because you celebrate your child home or you're so happy that they're there or whatever is to say, I accept everything that you've done. Like it's, you know, Hey, whatever, like you do you like that, you know, I think that's where we've missed it. And so we think, well, then that's where we need to give them a cold shoulder or really help them recognize that, you know, I'm sending you away as a punishment or I'm not going, I'm going to be withholding from my love from you so that you learn your lesson and it's just that's that's truly anti-Christ, right? I mean, to like that is not the way that that Jesus did it, and and so and that and it's not easy because it's the easy way truly is to say, no, I'm going to withhold myself, I'm going to hold my love, and withhold my affection, I'm going to withhold, you know, because I need you to learn a lesson. And gosh, the way that God teaches us lessons is just not that way. I don't know if you were to ask me what my learning was I, I, of parenting, that would be the biggest thing is everything you just shared. I don't need to reiterate it, but I wholeheartedly agree. I think that's that's the big learning after parenting that God doesn't see you like that. I think the more I mean, that's where I think so much of the hard work is in, you know, kind of circling back to what we were talking about earlier, like even in counseling or just doing self-reflection and self-examination is just recognizing how much, um, how much of that programming is in us. How much of that programming is that we see God as just this, like, as withholding and as, you know, um, as someone who, who seems to take joy in disciplining us in, in a, in a, you know, in, in a, in a really tough way, you know, as opposed to that he, you know, a God that always calls us out as opposed to a God that's always calling us in. So last question, um, the most serious of all, if you could parent with any one person in the world, who would it be? Uh, I'd probably go with like Jane Russell circa, you know, 1965. She was probably crazy. That was a trick question and you failed. Dang it. <laughs> the answer was supposed to just be you, honey. You're the person I would choose. Me? I would choose me. I would choose me. I do choose me. It's cut you. Every thing. time it's you, cut you know I give you a hard time. Cut all of it. I'm <laughs> taking I'm not doing this podcast. I'm finding another dad. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I warned you up front. I was like, you you picked the wrong guy. Honey, I would mm. I would parent with you every step of the way, every 
Every I, mean, I would don't do have it all a choice. again with you two. What's that? You said, yeah, yeah, because you don't have a choice. So yeah, right. <laughs> That's good. I loved how much we have grown together throughout this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now I'm going to wrap it up, though. <laughs> well. Honey, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I swear I learn something new every time we talk. And I appreciate, I don't know, that you'd get on here and be open and honest and vulnerable and share, you know, all the good stuff and all the hard stuff, too, that you've learned. And you're an amazing dad. You're not just an okay dad. You're an amazing dad. And someday... I really hope our kids agree. (laughs) 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 Thank you for being on today. (laughs) And happy Father's Day. (laughs) Almost. That was my husband, Jesse Butterworth. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you like what you heard, please share it with all your people. Make sure to follow us and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Keep up with us on social media by following us on Instagram and Facebook at All God's Children International. Thank you for watching or listening to Together by AGCI.